And now, a message from Pastor Josh Carmody. All right, so uh, we've been in the book of Galatians. We're going through uh, a sermon series called Faith Alone. Everybody say, Faith Alone. So Paul's been writing uh, to the, the churches in Galatia. He, he wrote to them about the importance of living by faith and not just doing rules and not just living by what I have to do and can't do, but to live by faith. Everybody say faith. faith. To live by faith and not by works, by putting our trust in God and not what we can do in our own strength. You and I should learn to trust in God and not what we can do on our own strength. Amen. So let's read this morning out of Galatians chapter 3, uh, verses 15 through 18. This is our text uh, for this week. It says, My brothers and sisters, I'm going to use an everyday example. When two people agree on a matter and sign an agreement, no one can break it or add anything to it. Now God made his promises to Abraham and his descendant, the scripture does not use the plural descendants, meaning many people, but the singular descendant, meaning only one person, namely Christ. What I mean is that God made a covenant with Abraham and promised to keep it. The law, which was given 430 years later, cannot break that covenant and cancel God's promise. For if God's gift depends on the law, then it no longer depends on his promise. However, it was because of his promise that God gave that gift to Abraham. All right, so we have just kind of a silent, all right, what did we just listen to? Um, so those are the, te- as we're going through Galatians, you know, we can't skip. So it's like, here's the verses that we're talking about today. Um, and uh, I'm excited about it. They, they, we've been reading in Galatians chapter three. We haven't, there hasn't been a big emphasis on it when we've been talking, but around verse five or six, Paul starts talking about Abraham. Um, and uh, he, I don't know, maybe you've heard of Abraham. There's a song about him. It's called Father Abraham. If it was all church Sunday, I'd get some people up here and we'd do Father Abraham and right hand, you know, all that stuff. But we're not going to do that. It's not all church Sunday. So Father Abraham had many sons. Many sons had Father Abraham. And so we, and so are you. So let's just praise the Lord. All right. So <laughs> I guess we are singing it. Um, it's just impromptu. You're welcome. Uh, so he's been talking about Abraham and the promise that God made uh, to Abraham. And, and so you'll see in these scriptures, when you've been reading in Galatians 3, you might see the words promise, uh, covenant. You might see the words uh, maybe agreement, anything like that. When we're reading through some of these scriptures, depending on the translation uh, you're reading. But basically through faith, Abraham, God, was prom- God promised Abraham an heir and that his descendants would be more than the stars in the sky, more than the, the grains of sand on the earth. I mean, just innumerable, uncountable, just a massive amount. That would be his descendants. And so I want to go back to Genesis, and I want to give you guys a little uh, backstory on some of this stuff. So let's look at Genesis 12, 1 to 3. The Lord said to Abram, Leave your country, your relatives, your father's family, and go to the land I will show you. I will make you a great nation, and I will bless you. I will make you famous, and you will be a blessing to others. I will bless those who bless you, and I will place a curse on those who harm you, and all the people on earth will be blessed through you. Wow. Matt, can you imagine? I mean, can you imagine that God speaks that to you, that, the, that every, I like that part, all the people on the earth will be blessed through you that that 
you will be a blessing that everybody on earth will be blessed because of you. I mean, we talk about loving God and loving others and making an impact and making a difference right where we are and supporting missionaries and organizations, but I got news for you. There's a lot more than 22 of them in this world. Thousands upon thousands. I mean, he was promised that he would make an impact in everybody's life. Wow. Can you imagine hearing that? And so he hears that, and you keep reading in Genesis, and then we pick up in, verse, in chapter 15. Sometime later, the Lord spoke to Abram in a vision. And he said to him, Do not be afraid, Abram, for I will protect you, and your reward will be great. But Abram replied, O sovereign Lord, what good are all your blessings when I don't have a son? Since you've given me no children, Eliezer of Damascus, a servant in my household, will inherit all my wealth. You've given me no descendants of my own, so one of my servants will be my heir. And then the Lord said to him, No, your servant will not be your heir, for you will have a son of your own who will be your heir. Then the Lord took Abram outside and said to him, Look up into the sky and count the stars if you can. That's how many descendants you will have. And Abraham Abram believed the Lord, and the Lord counted him as righteous because of his faith. So here's, here's, you know, God comes back to him in a vision, in a dream. Abram's sleeping, and he brings him out and shows him these things. And he says, there's going to, look at all these stars. Look at all this. That's how many descendants you will have. And, and what did Abraham do? He said, you've given me no heir. You've given me no son. Like, you've promised me that I'm somehow, through my descendants, I'm going to, everybody on this earth is going to be blessed. How can I possibly do that when I have no son? I have no heir. There is no seed. Like, what are we going to do about that? And he says, tell you what you trust in me, you will have a son. You will have an heir. Trust me. And so what did what Abraham do? It says in here, and he's Abram right now. He changed his name to Abraham later. But he says, and Abram believed the Lord, and the Lord counted him as righteous because of his faith. So we see in the Old Testament that he was justified by faith. Just like in the New Testament, we are justified by faith, not by works. And so here's Abraham, who at a very old age, you can tell, it's a fun story, it's a fascinating story. I don't have time today to go through all this, but Abraham and his wife, they give birth to Isaac at the age of 99 and 100. That is too old. You are not wrong about it, right? I mean, that's, anybody planning on having kids at, that, okay, come on, right? I mean, I just doesn't have it. Nowadays, they say 35. It's like, whoa, bed rest for you, right? I mean, that's 35. So that's crazy, 99, 100. And so they have this son, Isaac, and Abraham believed the Lord. He had faith to believe in the promises of God. He had faith to believe in the promises of God. You and I, we too can have faith to believe in the promises of God. Instead of trying to do everything on our own strength, we can have faith and believe in the one who has saved us because we cannot save ourselves. And so just as it was accounted to Abraham as righteous, he was counted as righteous before God because of his faith, you and I can have that faith as well. So Abraham, here's the cool thing. When he's talking about the nation and the, the earth will be blessed because of you and all the people will be blessed because of you. And he was talking about his heir and that you'll have a son. 
And yes, he was talking about Isaac, but if you follow the lineage of Jesus Christ, Abraham begins it. Look at Matthew chapter 1. It says, this is the family history of Jesus Christ. I'm not going to read all 16 verses of lineage here, but I'm going to read verses 1, 2, and 16. It goes like this. You can go home and read it later. This is the family history of Jesus Christ. He came from the family of David, and David came from the family of Abraham. Abraham was the father of Isaac. Isaac was the father of Jacob. Jacob was the father of Judah and his brothers, which were the 12 tribes of Israel. Then it says, Jacob was the father of Joseph. Joseph was the husband of Mary, and Mary was the mother of Jesus. Jesus is called the Christ. So who do we have at the beginning? We have Abraham. Who do we have at the end? Jesus Christ. And so here we see that his seed ultimately was Jesus Christ. Came from Abraham all the way down, all these generations. And here we have Jesus Christ. And so the the fact that all of the the earth. Everybody on the earth would be blessed because of Abraham's heir. It's because of what Jesus Christ did for us. It's because of what Jesus Christ did for all of humanity. All the people of the earth, you and I included, are blessed because of the faith that Abraham had. Through the promise that God gave Abraham came Jesus, and Jesus has set us free. Hallelujah. Jesus has set us free. Yes. On July 14th, 2019, in Fort Dodge, Iowa, with the sun is shining, you and I, we are free people. And the Bible says whom the sun is set free is free indeed. So you and I are free. So when you read the verses about God's promise to Abraham, and you read those, and, it said, and you read those Verses, you and I are his descendants because what Christ has done for us. We are those descendants. We're part of that promise and that faith that Abraham had all those years ago. And you know what? Abraham saw his son Isaac being born, but he had no idea of what was to come. He had no idea that because of what Christ did, that all are welcomed into salvation, that all are welcome, that all of us who are sinners can be set free. He had no idea, but he was faithful. He had no idea what was going on, but he was faithful. I mean, he was asleep some of the time when God was telling him these things. Say, well, I got to do all these things, and it all relies on me and my own strength and what I can do. I I got news for you. It relies very little on what you can do. The only thing that we can do is put our trust in a great big God who sees the beginning from the end and everything in between that has a plan for our life, who knows our days, has them numbered and stepped even before we had lived one of them. And he's got a good plan for us. And he doesn't promise us an easy road. But he says, listen, trust me. We've been singing about it today. Mel talked about it in the opening. God's promises are true. And all we have to do is believe. All we have to do is have faith in Jesus Christ. I'm going to go back to Galatians chapter 3, verses 13 and 14. These are some scriptures from last week. It says, Christ took away the curse that the law put on us. He changed places with us and put himself under that curse. It is written in the scriptures, anyone whose body is displayed on a tree is cursed. Christ did this so that God's blessing promised to Abraham might come through Jesus Christ to those who are not Jews. 
Jesus died so that by our believing, we could receive the Spirit that God promised. So how do we receive the Spirit that God promised? By believing, through faith alone. By grace alone, through faith alone, in Jesus Christ alone, we can be saved. We can find freedom in Him. So Abraham had faith in God, who told him he would have countless descendants. You and I were the fulfillment of that promise. And Paul is telling us, when we read these scriptures, he's telling us that faith in Christ is vital to our life, just like it was in Abraham's life. That faith, We might not have the same ending as Abraham. We might not have the same impact that Abraham had on this earth, but God has called us to something. And he asks us to be faithful. He asks us to be faithful, to trust in him. So with all that said, let's go back to our scriptures for today. Galatians 3, 15 through 18. Remember, when we've gone through these scriptures, remember there are people in the churches of Galatia who are saying that Christianity is more than simply having faith in Jesus Christ. But you and I know that in order to be saved, all we have to do is believe in our hearts that Jesus Christ, who he is and what he's done for us. And we are saved by grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone. That's it. And these guys in Galatia, some of them in the churches, they were coming in and they were saying, no, that's not enough. We also have to obey a whole lot of rules. Because how will we know if you're doing things right if you're not following the rules and so Paul is still trying to drive home the point by grace alone through faith alone in Christ alone period that's it you got to stop trying to add stuff to it so Paul is saying no faith is all you need to receive salvation just as Abraham was accounted as righteous because of his faith you and I are justified by faith We're not justified by good works. We're not justified by anything that we do except faith in Jesus Christ. So here's the thing. God's promise to Abraham of justification by faith is changeless. It is timeless. It worked for Abraham, and it's the same thing that works for us, that we can do nothing good of ourselves except have faith in Jesus Christ. You know, the word promise is used in these verses And it refers to this promise that God made to Abraham. In him, all nations of the earth would be blessed. So here's the thing. It's obvious that the promise made to Abraham that carried all the way through to his heir, his seed, Christ, it's obvious that that came way before the laws that Moses brought about. 430. We just read it, right? So this... This covenant that God made to Abraham, he made it long, 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 long ago. And then hundreds of years later, Moses gets revelation and says, here's these rules, here's these regulations that now the nation of Israel, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Jacob's name turns to Israel, has 12 kids. Here's your nations of Israel. There's a little more to it than that, but for today's discussion, there it is. And so now there's laws that come, and Moses has these laws. And so what these guys in Galatia, in Galatia, the churches of Galatia are saying, is they're saying, well, because 
that Moses came up with these new laws. God gave him these new laws. Moses didn't come up with them. God gave them to him. Because ones exist, then that cancels out the old promise of justification by faith. So instead of being justified by faith, because that was the old one, there's a newer one, and that's that we should obey 613 laws. That was basically their argument. And this is what Paul kept coming against. And so he says in these scriptures that that is absolutely not true. And so here's how he starts it. He says, let me give you something you'll all understand. So he says, to begin with, once two parties conclude an agreement... A third party cannot come along and change that agreement. Think of a contract. Think of this. You go to buy a house. Okay? Car. I don't care what it is. Let's say we go to buy a house. And what do you do when you go buy a house? You sign an agreement, a contract, a promise that says, I'll give you X dollars, and you'll give me this house located on this blah, blah, blah. You know, no one understands what it means, but it's like, is that the house I'm actually going to buy? Okay, good. We're good to go, right? Lot, whatever, and subdivision this with, I don't know what that means. It's all Greek to me. So it's, it, but what, what would happen? So party A and party B says, I'll give you this much money. I'll give you this property. Okay. You sign a contract. Good to go. Now imagine someone else comes in and says, you know what? Party A over here said they'd give you $30,000. I know they have more than that, They'll give you 40. Why don't you just go ahead and put in there that they'll give you $40,000 for that house instead. Now, how many of you think that that's even possible? It's not possible. It can't happen. Why? Because this third party, it's between the two. So there's nothing that this third party can do, right? I mean, that's just, it doesn't even make sense. You're like, you're just making stuff up, Josh. Yes, I am. It just doesn't make sense. Or what if they came, it was time to close and they're sitting there and they're gonna sign up here and say, you know what? I decided that instead of selling them this property located at, you know, all this stuff, I got this other house. I'm just going to give them that one instead. Does that work? So that doesn't work either. So an agreement, a binding contract, right? And so if it's initiated by two people, it can't be changed by a third person. And the only people that can change the original agreement is if both of the parties who made it agree to something different, right? All right. So here's the thing. Abraham did not make a covenant. He did not make a promise with God. God made a covenant with Abraham. God made a covenant with Abraham. God did not lay down any conditions for Abraham to meet. He didn't say, Abraham, if you do this and this and this and this. No, he didn't say any of that. He said, I'm going to bless you. And this is what's going to happen. In fact, when the covenant was made, like we read in Genesis 15, Abraham was asleep. I mean, that requires very little action on your part. <laughs> you just take it easy, Abraham, and I'll make this covenant for us, right? Abraham, what did he have to do? He simply had to have faith. So who is the covenant between? Well, Paul reveals another wonderful truth in these scriptures. God made this promise not only to Abraham, but to his heir, to his seed, his descendant. Not Isaac. Jesus. So God the Father made a covenant with God the Son. You know, this Bible concept of seed or descendant or heir, it goes all the way back to Genesis 3.15 after the fall of man. God states that there would be a conflict in the world between Satan's seed and the woman's seed. 
between Satan himself and the seed of the woman. That there would be conflict, but that the seed of the woman would crush the head of Satan, which is good news. And so we see it right away. You're reading in your Bible, Cain versus Abel. Cain kills his brother. You see this conflict. Israel versus the nations. If you're reading in the Old Testament and you see all of these names like the, the Hittites and the Girgashites and all these ites, Israel is always fighting against some ites. Philistines, all of them. I mean, they're just fighting all the time. All the time, conflict. Even when Jesus enters the world, Herod the Great says, let's kill all babies under two. I mean, we're talking mass genocide. Good versus evil, conflict, it's there. John the Baptist and Jesus versus the Pharisees. Listen, Christ ultimately conquered sin and death by crushing the power of the head of Satan once and for all. Amen. So God made... You can clap for that if you want. It's a little delayed, but I'll take it. God made this covenant promise with Abraham through Christ so that the only two parties who can make any changes are God the Father and God the Son. So in these scriptures, here's what Paul's getting at. This is what it is right here. This is what Paul's saying. The laws that Moses received from God cannot alter the original covenant of justification by faith. That's what he's getting at when he's, we read those four verses and you're kind of looking at me like, what does that mean? This is, we're going to go home and we're going to study it this week and we're going to look into it anymore by grabbing a weekly study guide or pulling it up on your phone. And you're going to read these things. This is what he's saying. He's saying that earlier contract is not negated because of the laws of Moses. Justification by faith is still in effect. The 613 laws, living by the rules, does not cancel out the agreement made all those years ago between God the Father and God the Son. Remember, there were some in the churches of Galatia that wanted to add rules in order for someone to be truly saved, but they had no right to do this since they were not parties in the original covenant. A law given centuries later cannot change a covenant made by other parties. You and I, we have received salvation by grace alone, through faith alone, and Christ alone. Galatians 3.18, I want to read it in the God's Words translation in closing this morning. If we have to gain the inheritance by following those laws, then it no longer comes to us because of the promise. However, God freely gave the inheritance to Abraham through a promise. We have received salvation not because of loss, not because of right living, not because of trying to do it all on our own strength. You and I, we have received salvation. We have received freedom in Jesus Christ. We have received a new future and our past is gone. All things are brand new, not because of following laws, but because of the promise of God given to Abraham all those years earlier. The promise given to Abraham, the covenant that was made between God the Father and God the Son to heal us and free us and for every single person on this earth to be blessed. Jesus cried, Jesus died once for all. 
He died once for all of us. And all we have to do is have faith. That's it. Faith to believe in what Christ has done. So since God made a covenant with Abraham that would be fulfilled in Christ, why did he give Moses all of those laws? It's a great question that we will talk about next week. (laughs) To be continued. For more information on New Covenant, contact us at 3318 Fifth Avenue South, Fort Dodge, Iowa, 50501. Or you can call us at 515-955-6222.